You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. For more information, visit meusa.com. Listening to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network, and I'm your host, Kathy Irway. This is the first episode of this fall season, and uh, it's actually feeling like fall today, like right on time. I don't know why it just dropped 30 degrees or something from last week, but uh, yeah, it's here. It's happening. So um, you may have been to some faraway places over the summer, but we're going to celebrate some hometown pride today because I doubt there's one place where you could taste from as many different cultures, explore so many cultures in one day as the borough known as, known as Queens here in New York City. So I'm really happy to be joined in the station by two veteran experts of the food scene in New York. It is Joe Stefano. Hi. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. And to sing the next guest name... <laughs> I don't know how to sing your name, actually. Clay! (laughs) Sorry, that wasn't uh, Clay Williams. Uh, That wasn't a good song. Oh, good. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, Yeah, and uh, long time no see, too. We were just at Pig Island yesterday, Jimmy's annual pork extravaganza. What a great event. Good times. So, okay, you guys joined forces recently to create a wonderful book. It's called 111 Places in Queens That You Must Not Miss. Uh, Written by Joe, photographed by Clay. It is just a beautiful atmospheric tour throughout this borough. And um, you guys have been, well, Joe, you've been writing and leading tours of Queens forever, um, it seems, right? A decade or so or more. Yeah, pro- probably a little more than a decade. Um, almost yep. when, when I moved to Queens 20 years ago, in short order, I was writing about food. You know, if you call posting on Chowhan writing about food. Uh-huh. And, and, and I do call that writing about food. So. Yeah. And you're wearing a Queens hat right now. I am so wearing a Queens hat. As always. Yes. As always. <laughs> so, okay, I think that maybe people have heard of... You know, Flushing, downtown Flushing, and the Chinese food there. Maybe they've had some amazing Korean barbecue or hot pot. But um, I don't know if everyone is aware that, you know, in Queens, you could be having, you know, you could go to an Egyptian hookah bar one day, or one, you know, street. You could go to a 90-year-old German candy shop. You can go to, um, a, you know, get Tibetan momos. You could go to a Croatian social club. I mean, there's so many different cultures a plethora doesn't really quite describe it so i mean what's your take on why you know how did queens get to be so diverse over such a long time if you could summarize that sort of in a nutshell well i i I think um i think the seven train has a lot to do with it 
Yeah, the International Express, as yes. it's called. Yeah. Uh, and I know we just talked about, like, there's so much beyond flushing, but a lot of it really started in flushing, and a lot of the, uh, the immigration started after the World's Fair in 1964. A lot of Taiwanese, Japanese, Koreans came, mm-hmm. and they stayed. And then in 1965, the uh, immigration restrictions were eased, and more people came. And so I don't have my finger on all of the history, but, you know, it really happened sort of like, okay, some Colombian people came over. So now along this International Express from approximately Junction Boulevard to 74th Street, it's almost exclusively Latino. And then in the 1980s, a bunch of Gujarati people came to Jackson Heights and uh, some of them moved out. And they were supplanted by a wave of uh, Bangladeshi and Pakistani people, which was then, they're still there, but, you know, then Tibetan mm-hmm. and Nepali people came in. Uh, so it's very... Um, it's like, yeah, it sounds like it's constantly in flux. Yeah, yeah. It's and like so, you know, and what, yeah. you know I'm what, just one more brief example. Uh, when I first moved to Queens, Elmhurst was a Chinatown. It still is. And it followed Manhattan's Chinatown for the most part. So what does that mean? Not a lot of street food. Uh, mostly Chinese, mostly Cantonese. Uh, you know, uh, fast forward uh, 22 years later, and now it's the best place in New York City for uh, regional Thai and Indonesian cuisine. Hmm. Yeah. And you have a couple of those places in this book, and I didn't realize, just as a brief sort of anecdote about how sort of like in the culture you are once you get to some of these places, there is a night, something you describe as the closest to a Malaysian night market that is only open from 4 a.m. to 11 a.m., like a hawker-style stands. Tell me more about that place. That was actually the first place we shot. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. That was great. Uh, we, I uh, I live in Sunset Park. I'm actually mm-hmm. I, I was born in Queens, so I still have a little bit of cred, uh, Queens mm-hmm. cred. But um, but so I I took the one of the Chinatown buses to go from from um, to get from Sunset Park Chinatown to to Flushing Chinatown and met up with Joe and it was our uh, the start of our adventure just yeah uh, yeah it was great and this place is curry leaves by the way and uh, it sounds like you you can get like something like 200 items during this hawker style like service in the mid wee hours of the morning yeah it's it's actually kind of the reverse the the normal menu mm-hmm. is a long menu but oh, when okay. you go so for, there's like two staffs mm-hmm and I think the regular staff got a C on their health. I don't know that the graveyard shift has ever been inspected. But so basically what you do is you walk in and they have three pots of broth going and they're like, what kind of broth do you want? And uh-huh. I always get curry locks and then what kind of noodles do you want? I always get yellow noodles. And then the fun comes. They have a bins with all sorts of different items, you know, fish balls, fish paste, uh, Hot peppers, bitter melon, and you say, "Oh, yeah, I want that. I want char siu. I, I want that." And uh, and they have other uh, other sort of uh, Malaysian uh, things like uh, mie goreng and noodles and uh, pandan dessert. It's great. I want that soup right now, especially on a rainy I want day. It, I want <laughs> it. I want, I want it now too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so you guys have been working on this together for a while, but. Um, Clay, you mentioned you live in Brooklyn now. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up um, how Brooklyn has become sort of this 
marketing, (laughs) you know, gimmick and uh, this brand name, especially for food companies, it seems. You know, every pickle and brewery wants to have Brooklyn in their name. And um, that quite hasn't, you know, that doesn't really happen for Queens, right? (laughs) I mean, I haven't seen it yet, so. Right, the the Queens Queens branding uh, is not the same as Brooklyn, thankfully. Uh, I don't, I mean, as a long-time Brooklyn resident, um, 30-odd years and counting. Uh, you know, I love having the attention on Brooklyn, but it, it certainly changed it from, from the way it was. Whereas Queens, I, I feel like Queens has a different sort of, like Joe was saying, a different sort of evolution, a different sort of uh, constant change that's, mm-hmm. um, because it brings in so many other voices, it's, it is always developing, but it's not... Um, hasn't been quite cashed in in the same way. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any sort of overarching brand ethos in, I, of, for Queens. There, there's so much... Except for the diversity, the fact right, that there's right. so much yeah, there. No, so, so, right, so speaking to that, there's so much national pride, you know, like, right. you know, this is, hey, we're in a Tibetan food, this is food yeah. from our country, we're mm-hmm. really proud of it, we're in the Thai neighborhood, etc. Uh, you know, there's no uh, branding of, like... I like a lot of the uh, the great foods coming out of Brooklyn, but you know, there's there's no one in Queens saying, you know, hey, I have a beard like this, and I'm making kombucha under my bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Which what? is sort of the oversimplification of the right. Brooklyn. Which may actually be happening within. A oh, block it's happening right now. Like no, but I mean, like within you know about a block or two. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That we... guy over there. <laughs> <laughs> right. That guy eating pizza right there, Roberta's. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what, how would you feel if it were to sort of, <clears throat> the Queen's names were to sort of blow up in the same way as Brooklyn? I mean, because you guys are writing about, you guys are, you know, helping like popularize always, it, if you will. Yeah, I feel like that's always the hazard when you're, yeah. when you're covering this sort of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, Joe, I'm sure I can speak more to this, but I feel like uh, people like Joe... The focus is on the people there and what they're creating. It's not on... It's not on creating some... some large overarching thing that defines all of Queens. Mm-hmm. The definition of Queens is that there are so many different things there. Mm-hmm. Whereas what the... I love Brooklyn. I, I don't... I, I hate I hate when I have to... I don't feel like I need to trash Brooklyn in order to make Queens yeah. be good, you know, be mm-hmm. a better place. But at the same time, there are certainly parts of what has changed in Brooklyn that um, uh, that Queens manage. Queens manages to stay a little bit more authentic, mm-hmm. put it that way, because there are so many different voices right. and. Um, and what we're trying to do here and what, what Joe does every day with, uh, with his writing and his tours is, is show what is authentically Queens because it's coming from a lot of different places. He's introducing people to the people who are making it like that, Mm -hmm. um, and who are creating, you know, recreating their, 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 you know, the food from their homes and, 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 and working with that as opposed to people who are. I don't know. Out of towners? Yeah. Well, I mean, they are out of towners, right? But I mean, uh, you know, like Queens is, Queens is about, is about a lot of different people coming in and recreating different things. Whereas I feel like what happened, what has happened in Brooklyn is a lot of people coming in and creating the same thing. Right. Right. 
riding the similar trend. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that, Joe? Because you've been doing tours. First of all, I'm, I'm curious a little bit. Are most of the people on the tours locals from New York? Or do you get a lot of people who are tourists from, you know, coming to New York City? Do they want to come take a Queens food tour? Uh, so I want to answer that question. Yeah. I just want to okay. just, just say something about, like... Uh, Queens and Queens being recognized. So I I did a little filming with Andrew Zimmern a while ago for his uh, show The Zimmern List, uh-huh. and we you know we went to a bunch of places in Elmhurst, and the the, the producer said, "Where can we have a crew lunch?" And I said, "I have a great Cantonese place for you." And we went there, and they knew who Andrew was, but they didn't care. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that kind of, that kind of sums up right. why yeah. Queens will never have that kind of branding and we had a great lunch so to to answer your question um for a long time a lot of my tour clients were new yorkers who were Mm -hmm. like you know gee i went to flushing and i got out of the train and i i I just i didn't know what to do i I went to mcdonald's or i and that doesn't happen that often that's the extreme end of it uh, but they'll, you know, they'll say something like, you know, yeah, I went to one of those malls and I tried some dumplings and I guess they were good, but it was so overwhelming. Uh, I, I need someone to help me get a handle on this. Mm-hmm. I'll admit that I am, I've totally been that person. Yeah. I've totally gone I, to... I was that person yeah. the first time I went to Golden right. Mall 20 years ago. Right. I walked out. Right. <laughs> you walked out. Yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely gone to Jackson Heights or to Flushing or, you know, some other area and not have the first idea where to go. Yeah. And, and and that was one of the best parts about shooting this book, was that I had my own personal guide. Mm-hmm. I had Joe sending me all over the borough, up and down, to find places that I probably would not have come across. I, I think that, yeah. Is that what you're hoping to do with this book, is to provide a sort of like mini guide that you do you know, for your tours and so forth in one handy volume? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I, I love giving tours, and mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to have the income, but really what I want to do is empower people to be like, you know, I can get off the train, and all right, you know, now that I kind of know what's out there in the universe of foods, cold noodles, this kind of dumpling, just go into a place, and, you, you know, you, you don't have to follow... Uh, you know, this wonderful listicle that I wrote for New York Magazine and check on the absolute best Chinese restaurants in Flushing and check every place off. You can just go out there, you know. I don't know. What what I'm doing is not all that special. You, yeah. just, you just need a little bit of grounding uh, in, yeah. uh, you know, and some uh, uh, confidence. I mean, uh, people don't bite and the food doesn't bite. <laughs> well, uh, Sometimes you can bite the food. Sometimes it does. Yeah, Yeah, live octopus is a bit of a challenge. (laughs) But yeah, uh, Joe provides guidance um, Mm -hmm. in a way that uh, that I I think is is super helpful. And and as um, to go back to your question about locals versus Mm -hmm. versus visitors, um, you know, technically this is a travel guide, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But almost everything that we've done promoting the book, talking about the book, selling the book, um, has been to New Yorkers right? Um, it, because people in Queens love to hear about the other parts of the borough mm-hmm. um, or see themselves represented and everybody else uh, is 
everyone's going to find something new there. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's 111 places, right? I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot there. And there's but, a lot more. Right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, really, it's 222 places because there's a tip at the end of every chapter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Every, um, every place has a, uh, a little bit about the place, but then also the tip that says, while you're in the area, you can also go to this place or that place. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I want to talk a lot more about that. And also, stunning photos, by the way, Clay. This Thank is you. really, like, atmospheric. And uh, it's not all food, too. So after a quick little commercial break, we'll be right back chatting more about 101 Places in Queens You Must Not Miss. Today's program was brought to you by Emmy Cheese, specialty cheese from Switzerland made with heart and passion. Since the early 1900s, Emmy has been a passionate supporter of farmers, cheesemakers, and family tradition. They believe in sustainable agriculture and respect for the people, land, and animals that make their business possible. Remaining dedicated to tradition, they strive to lead the industry in innovation, ensuring they bring you only the highest quality, best tasting cheese from Switzerland. Emmy is best known for importing more than 80% of the Swiss Gruyere into the United States, but that's not to overshadow their other specialty cheeses, including Kaltbach cave-aged cheeses, Der Scharfe Max, Appenzeller, Tete de Moine, and traditional Emmentaler. For more information, visit emmyusa.com. All right, we're back chatting more with Joe Stefano, Clay Williams. They are the author and photographer of this book about queens that you must not miss. <laughs> and um, it's, it's full of places. We were talking a little bit about some of the old sort of standbys of this neighborhood that have stuck around stubbornly for ages. Places like, you know, the uh, Croatian Social Club and um, the Forest Park Carousel, for instance. Um, and then, yet at the same time, it's a place that has yeah very new culture, like the Brooklyn Grange rooftop garden <laughs> or farms. And um, let's talk a little bit about Long Island City, too, because that's a place that is very close to Manhattan. Um, I think that a lot of people could make an easy stop and see a lot there. Um, and it's changed a lot over the years, too, like dramatically. Yeah. It's, it's one of those areas that's um, been entirely built up almost from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, the areas right uh, right by by the Pepsi sign and uh, Gantry Plaza State Park, which is one of the um, uh, which is one of the listings in the book or one of the chapters in the book. Um, actually, going there, my my wife grew up in um, in Long Island City. And mm-hmm. Basically, hadn't been back there I don't know since the nineties. Um, wow. And she tagged along with um, my wife Tammy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she tagged along um, when we when I was going to photograph Gantry Plaza State Park and a couple other things in the area, and we got to the park and she was amazed. Like her eyes were gaping. She just had no <laughs> idea that all of this had come here, like a mile away from where she like where she grew up. Um, the whole area was used to be all industrial, there wasn't anything there, there wasn't, you know, it was just empty waterfront or, or active industrial mm-hmm. 
uh, spaces, and <clears throat> and she got there, and she just had no idea, like any of that had been there, um, right? Since you know it had been put up since since she left. And also now we're talking trendy bars. What else, Joe? Well, right. Did, did, did she happen to tell you whether she ever climbed or knew people who climbed? The gantries. No, I don't. So, she was a little further away from from okay, that point. So I don't that's right. I know. forgot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, so, uh, so the gantries are these huge industrial yeah. cranes that kind oh, of gosh. reflect yeah. the history in the neighborhood, and it was a rite of passage for people to climb up <laughs> and and over. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I can't imagine. And so you you talk about trendy places. You know, yeah. there's lots of great places. Um, well, right there in Long Island City, you've got Dutch Kills. Mm-hmm. Dutch Kills, um, yeah. Which is a, a great, um, it is one of the new trendy places, but it's also, it was also one of the sort of anchors of this new um, new Long Island City. It's been there for, for quite a while, and mm-hmm. um, they, they make amazing cocktails. It was, uh, it was fun going over yeah. there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the owner, Richie Boccato, uh, really wanted to pay homage to the history of the neighborhood, you know, so he, uh, yeah. Dutch Kills was originally called, uh, Kanapoko or Bear's Watering Hole, you know, and <laughs> now we have Richie and his pre-prohibition sort of, uh, craft cocktails. And it's, you know, it's real easy to be like, oh, this is some hipster nonsense with mm-hmm. the, uh, sleeve garters and whatever, but there's a lot of care yeah. taken, uh, in every aspect of that place, including the ice. Yes. Uh, oh, cool. And then also, while you're visiting maybe MoMA, PS1, or the Noguchi Museum in Long Island, you can go to a place that is a, a, a very unique museum called the Tony Vaccaro Museum, tucked into an Italian restaurant in the same neighborhood. Tell me more about this place. It has a restaurant, but also a collection. Um, what... What's going on here? Sure, that you know. My, so my friend uh, Janice Sorbonne, her her babysitter was related to this guy who uh, his short name is Tony Vaccaro. His long name is uh, Michael Antonio Celestino Onofrio Vaccaro, and uh, he was uh, he was the Clay Williams of his day. But when it comes to <laughs> photographing celebrities, so this guy over a a long career photographed all sorts of people, Sophia Loren, Georgia O'Keeffe, uh, JFK, uh, a lot, lot of athletes, uh-huh. you know, for magazines like Look and Flair and some other places. And so his photographs uh, line the wall of this restaurant. It's really neat. The, well, he's uh, a regular there, isn't he? He's a regular. He's still yeah. alive. You know, yeah. he's, uh, Tony must be 90. Right. Wow. And he still has a studio, and he's still doing stuff. There, I mean, throughout this book, you know, there's famous people who've walked through, you know, this whole borough, lived in this borough for a long time. Um, there's uh, the birthplace of American punk, which is the around Ramones. the corner, around the corner from my house. Looked around at the- looked at it today when I was taking the train <laughs> to get out here. I swear. I was saying about Rock Rock Rockaway Beach, right? Yes. And um, and then and then there's I love your um, Rockaway Beach. Uh, chapter there with like the new stands that um that would never have been there during their own the Ramones time right. with like the newfangled foods everywhere lobster rolls and so forth but barbecue. uh yeah. barbecue mm-hmm. um but then there's like houses um louis armstrong lived in queens for a long time and it's his home is now a museum um there's a grave for may west there is um, you've got uh malcolm x's house um 
then there's the house of childhood house of someone I don't want to mention, but he happens to be the president right now. Right. And uh, <laughs> so. it's 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 an Airbnb now for anyone who wants to oh, stay there. And <laughs> there is actually uh, that actually this is this is kind of interesting. Um, uh, it is an Airbnb now, but it gets rented out um, to whomever, including I believe. I heard on the radio a little while ago, uh, on, on public radio a few, uh, several months ago, must have been last year, uh, that there was, I, I want to say, the International Rescue Committee or what? Oxfam or something like that, uh-huh. um, um, rented it out and did an open house uh, all about the value of immigrants and immigration. Mm-hmm. Um because that neighborhood, uh, Jamaica States, yeah. uh, is right up the hill from another hugely uh, international community. Hmm. Um, my, you know, when I uh, w- I lived in in Hollis, uh, not far from there, um, before I moved to Brooklyn as a kid, and you know that area was very West Indian. Now it's very um, South Asian and um, and Latin, and you still have a little bit of Jamaican there and, mm-hmm. and West Indian and. <laughs> and you know, I mean, that's what the—that's the it's ironic, right? To say the least, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's—it is, but it isn't. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they were immigrants. Yep. Um, you know, when they got here, and um, the German candy store from the 1920s is still there. Yep. Um, in that Schmitz. Area. Schmitz. Oh, I, I love Schmitz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Schmitz. Yeah. Schmitz is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of all the changes, the fact that the city is constantly in flux in terms of uh, communities and also delicious foods, um, what are some things that have popped up uh, that you've seen recently and are really excited about? Or things that you've eaten that are just new and blew your mind? I'm excited about... Uh, so Tibetan cuisine has been around in Jackson Heights and Woodside for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um Best there, momos the, outside of Tibet. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, I haven't been to Tibet, but I'm <laughs> okay. so. But certainly the only taco momos ah. to be had in wow. New York City. There's a place called Momo Crave, run by some Nepali folks. It's probably about six months old. I'm just getting into the menu, and they do really interesting fusions like the taco momo. So it's what? a fried beef momo uh-huh. topped with like pico de gallo, de oh gallo and. Uh, a little bit of fresh salsa, and it works. That sounds they, awesome. So it's they do crunchy. It tandoori momo. Mm. Uh, they do... And the stuffing is flavored tandoori The outside style? is oh. flavored tandoori style, and okay. it comes on a skewer. Oh, oh my wow. God, they're, they're, what? They're, they're out of their minds, you know, and really... <laughs> um, awesome. Where are they? What neighborhood? They're on Woodside. Oh, they're on 69th Street. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited about that place. I know you love Momo. Yeah, yeah, I do. do. I'm excited about that place. Um, I'm really excited about this place as much as I want to, uh, say, oh, I don't want to write listicles for New York Magazine, but I did this listicle on, uh, absolute best Chinese food, and one of my favorite places on it is a place called, uh, Tasty Popcorn Chicken, which is staking its entire reputation on its Taiwanese yin su ji. And it's good. Yeah. It's really, really great. They have really top-of-the-line pressure fryers, and mm-hmm. everything is seasoned really, really well. Nice. I try to. It's on the corner of Maine and Roosevelt, right above the subway. Nice. I might go there tomorrow. All right. And they, and they do. And they have, like, a whole night market menu, so, like... Uh, Oh my god, uh, so fried blood cakes, uh, mackerel, 
the uh, I forget the Chinese, but what do you call the silver thread bun with condensed milk, the kind of rolled up bun? Mm. Uh, I might go, I might I might Dessert go there now. That sounds super Taiwanese too. It's, it's really exciting. Very, it's very Taiwanese. Wow, Clay, you tasted anything that blew your mind? Lately? I tasted a lot of things that blew my mind. Uh, yeah. I mean, making uh, putting the book together was, mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, uh, just for that, but now whenever I'm in the neighborhood, I you know I have as a guide the places that I um, uh, that I learned about through the book and just like sort of tagging along with Joe. Um, we had a, a, a great Thai meal together. Um, just last, uh, was it last month? It was yeah. over the summer. Um, where was that? A place that was La, not in this book? No. La Moon. La yeah. Moon. So, so the, 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 uh, one of the best things about Queens is that the ethnic neighborhoods are so, for want of a better way of saying it, close to the source that there's mm-hmm. a lot of specialization. So we have places like La Moon in, uh, Elmhurst, which specializes in awesome food from Chiang Mai. Wow. It's really, really good. Yeah, Northern it, that, Thai. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty great. I photographed it for the New York Times earlier oh, wow. this year, but uh, but didn't get a chance to taste it. So uh, <laughs> that must have been that must have been killing you. Yeah, that uh, was a little rough. So um, so when Joe and I did a library talk in Elm uh, in Elmhurst mm-hmm. uh, over the summer, uh, we were sure to go and have a have a lunch there. That's afterwards. good. It was nice. Yeah. I hope you got to eat everything in these pages that you shot for this book, though. A good deal. Good deal. Uh, yeah. Okay. I shared some with Joe. I know. <laughs> I know it's hard <laughs> when you're you. working, <laughs> but. Right. Um, it, you know, I think that there's so many places that uh, we could talk about, and there's so many just in this book alone. Um, it, I think it's telling, actually, that for 101 places in Queens that you must not miss, one thing that didn't make it on the list, I noticed, was the world's largest tennis stadium, where the U.S. Open is happening right now. Didn't make the list. Not <laughs> you know, the, the idea the idea was to keep uh, to the less obvious places. Right. You know what they do get a mention though in a uh, there's a chapter about uh, I think the Willits Field is here. Uh, people play cricket. Okay. In outside. in Flushing Meadows Corona Park, right around this time of year, mm-hmm. the cricket championships for Queens are going on, and uh, the seats are mu- the, the seats are much much cheaper mm. than at the Open. Yeah. Uh, although you may uh, you may need to bring your own seats. You may, yeah, you may, you may. <laughs> it's, you, it's just an open field, yeah. but uh, yeah, that was one of the one of the things that we wanted to be sure of doing right. in the um, in the book was not just fall back on the on the same places that everybody else already knows. Well, um, I'm glad you did that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a bit more of you're already going to Queens for certain things, so mm-hmm. this is while you're there, you can um, see a lot more. Mm-hmm. than just like the che- checking things off of a list from, right you know. and see a lot you can I mean from from temples to beer halls there is you have captured an amazing variety and it, it goes on the story goes on but it looks like um, that's about all the time we have for today mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. we should mention uh, we're doing a couple talks in yeah. the next uh, next few weeks um, tomorrow, we'll, tomorrow we'll be in uh, in Flushing at the Queen's Library, um, and we're going to be at the Astoria Flea on the 16th, which I think is next Saturday. 
So, I think Sunday. Next but. Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, and then we'll be at the 92nd Street Y um, on the 27th. The tickets are still available. Nice. There's going to be food. There There's going to be. be food. Are there yeah. going to be momos? No momos. There's going to be Romanian charcuterie. Greek, okay. Greek pastry. Uh, kosher Uzbeki bread. Nice. I saw that and too. And candy from your favorite place, Schmidt's Candy Store. Schmidt's yeah. Candy. Oh, so the old guard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's so exciting. All right. Well, thank you so much. I hope everyone gets their hands on this amazing book. And uh, I should say every single page is illustrated, if that's if that's uh, helpful to you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks everyone. Joe DiStefano, Clay Williams. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks everyone thank at you. Heritage. We'll see you next week on Eat Your Words. I like the way you do Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network Food radio supported by you For our freshest content And to hear about exclusive events Subscribe to our newsletter Enter your email at the bottom of our website HeritageRadioNetwork.org Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter At Heritage underscore Radio Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.